Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to Vegan Food and Living Simply Vegan Podcast with me, Holly Johnson, and my co-host, Molly Pickering. Yep, it's the Holly and Molly Show. Each week, we'll be ranting about vegan news, raving about new food launches, and responding to your questions on all things plant-based. I also chat to vegan chefs, experts, and influencers about everything from fermented food and nutrition to weight loss, herbalism, and seaweed. Sweet Freedom Choc Shot is a delicious, better-for-you chocolate syrup. It's incredibly popular with dieters as it's only 13 calories per teaspoon, plus it's naturally sweetened only with fruit extracts, has no added sugar, is GMO-free, palm oil-free, recyclable packaging, and even high in healthy fibre. As you can see from their hugely buzzy Instagram and Facebook pages, it has hundreds of uses and masses of user-generated content. From drizzling over ice cream, pancakes, porridge, yogurt and fresh fruit to healthier baking. We love it in our overnight oats and you can simply add it to chilled plant milk and stir to make an amazing chocolate treat. It's so incredibly popular. It's now in all supermarkets, including Sainsbury's, Tesco, Waitrose, Asda, Morrison's, Holland and Barrett and Ocado. Find it next to the hot chocolate on the shelves. The founders are huge animal lovers and so all their products are cruelty free and they even donate part of their profits to Peter Animal Charity. Welcome to Series 4, everybody. How are you, Molly? You had a good week off? Yes, I did. Thank you. This is strange, a new series. I know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm really well, thanks. I've been away camping in Devon, um, which for anyone not in the UK is kind of a little... um, little county by the sea lots of rocky coves yeah really beautiful but slightly behind the times in terms of vegan food so it was kind of interesting at times 
Um, yeah, plus the fact that a lot of staff were off because they'd all been pinged by the um, NHS mm-hmm. COVID app. So it was kind of like chaos everywhere. They had like two staff and we had to, <laughs> one place we had to wait for an hour to eat to get a table. Um, oh, but, no. But when we did, it was amazing. It's a little place at Saunton Sands called the Beachside Grill and the service was absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant. And they had so many vegan options. They had like loaded jackfruit fries, with, like barbecue sauce and cheese, um, a cauliflower steak, which I always think sounds a bit like really it's just a piece of cauliflower. But the things that they'd done with it, all the flavors and the little yeah. extras. I have this thing as well. Like I'm always like this, like whenever someone says like a, some, I don't know, a cauliflower steak or whatever, I'm just like, you know, what are you going to do? But um, no, they always tend to pull out the bag, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. It was really incredible. It had like onion bhaji kind of mm. um, with it. Uh, yeah. Really good. And then like a tabouleh salad. So yeah, really excited to find that little gem. But apart from that, we just did loads of stuff like round the campfire. So we did like vegan halloumi and veg kebabs. We had a taco night with salsa and guacamole and oh, wow. spiced chickpeas, which are from a deliciously Ella recipe. So yeah, it was really good fun. And my well, the friends we went with are not vegan at all. However, um, my friend has started to like get quite excited about plant-based eating and go off me. Oh, okay, which, that's amazing. Yeah, so I feel like I've been sort of converting her quietly over the last <laughs> year or two. And now she's just like, oh my God, you can do that with tofu. Uh, I, yeah, I did like a tofu tofu BLT or TLT um, where I sort <laughs> of pan fried some marinated tofu and had that mm. whilst the boys were tucking into their horrible bacon sandwiches so <laughs> mm. that's such an exciting part isn't it when like you're discovering all of these new like incredible things that you can do with just like simple products that you know fruit and veg so versatile <laughs> exactly yeah it's just yeah it still amazes me to be honest even after yeah. time um, I also went to Camp Festival yesterday so I'm feeling a little bit uh, a little bit tired um, but that was brilliant and loads of lovely vegan options there, including mm. Happy Mackie, who are based in Brighton. They had a little food truck there and they're the vegan sushi place. So, um, yeah, definitely check check those out to anyone listening. Um, did you have a nice birthday? I had the best day. I was, I'd say the best day. It went on for like a week. I was it's being got queen. to. It's got to go it, on for yeah, at least a week. It was, it was amazing. My boyfriend spoke me rotten. I was filled with cake and delicious food went out for food um where did you go went, we went to so this is in like Bedminster in Bristol um it's not a vegan pub it's like a gastro pub that does um really really nice vegan small plates and oh, they've got this dedicated vegan chef to come in and oh my gosh I had like um calamari like vegan calamari wow um, how do they do that with oyster mushrooms <gasps> love it oyster mushrooms wrapped in nori and then what else do we have um barbecue ribs like made from jackfruit and wow. tofu. like but they weren't too heavy they were like really really nice um seitan lamb with like homemade flatbread and, oh my god um, like look babaganoush oh amazing i was spoiled and then we had um a beetroot and blackcurrant um chocolate mousse for dessert wow yeah it was good it was good what's the name of the pub um the malago okay i need to check this out it sounds incredible the 
um I've got a friend that works there and they said that they've been very dedicated to like you know making sure that their vegan dishes are up to scratch like with the rest of their food because I think they are like quite renowned for you know fine dining and stuff so yeah it's quite interesting to see uh sort of fine dining vegan place happening which is quite interesting yeah falafels and hummus isn't gonna cut it (laughs) no no um but yeah went had loads of stuff had my first like vegan fish and chips which is just like tofu and chips it was delicious went to kucha um, yay went to kucha had to um my boyfriend got me a beautiful cake um it was like this over the top uh pink and green birthday cake and it was lemon and elderflower it was amazing wow oh i know sounds yeah sounds like you've done a lot of eating the same as me <laughs> i I've my diet has started back don't worry (laughs) well it's not all bad though is it you know I just you know I just love all the all the healthy foods as well as the odd bit of you know you've got to treat yourself you've got to treat yourself definitely (laughs) um okay let's discuss the news so first of all Gordon Ramsay um bit of a shocker this one he's actually advertising a plant-based oat milk brand called silk in the usa i can't yeah, believe that it was a bit of a shock when i seen it i at first i was like no what are you doing you're just cash do you know what i mean you're just cashing in all of these things come to my head and then i kind of thought about it a bit more and i read a bit more about his history like with veganism and i didn't realize that he back in 2018 like he did actually um start to invest more in his restaurants with vegan food so um he introduced like more vegan dishes and um he said like his kids have like inspired him to try more plant-based foods which is actually quite cool and I think that you know you need voices like his you know I think a lot of people look up to him and see him as like a meat kind of guru yeah almost and then, you know, he's promoting dairy-free milk. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really good. I suppose he just has to be controversial, doesn't he? That's kind of part of his persona yeah, on, on TV. But like you say, behind the scenes, maybe the kids are like, come on, Dad, you know, you need to uh, up your game now with uh, climate change yeah. and everything else going on in the world. So, yeah, really good to see. It. And like you say, the more celebrities that kind of get on board with things, the better. Definitely. Um, an- another quick piece of news I just spotted on the Vegan Food and Living website, um, I just had to mention, is that an 84-year-old vegan ultramarathon runner has just completed 53 kilometres of the southwest coast to coast. And he's raised over a £1,000 for Viva. I just think this is amazing. It's 80, <laughs> 84. It's amazing I can't even run up my stairs let alone what was it 55 (laughs) kilometers that's crazy yeah I mean I don't know what that is in terms of miles but yeah I mean I guess what's park run on a Sunday morning like 5k yeah I think so so. yeah it's quite a long way (laughs) a lot I'm trying to think I don't even know what a marathon is I don't think I think there might be more than a marathon yeah I think it is isn't it so yeah Paul I think his name's Paul Yowd or Yud um and it's he started running during lockdown I mean (laughs) and he's got it's brilliant check out the story on the website he's got a um a hat on it says vegan af (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's just like the cutest little guy he's just happy to be there and he's amazing I think he put me to shame 
times 10 it's amazing it's absolutely brilliant I I really want to start raising money for some of these vegan charities actually I really should um put it on my sort of radar a bit more and I have said this a few times on the podcast when I've spoken to people and just come away feeling really inspired yeah I just kind of get busy and don't do it so note to self (laughs) (laughs) we kind of need another lockdown just so I can do all the things that I want to do yeah or you know I without the pandemic I just want to lock down yeah (laughs) (laughs) just want a few months off please thank you very much (laughs) um another piece of news again on the veganfoodliving.com website um food tech company redefine meat has announced it will launch its range of 3d printed vegan meat products in the UK later this year wow um So this is uh, already on sale in Israeli restaurants and hotels. And the the second phase of the rollout will be in Europe as well, uh, USA and Asia in 2022. So what do you think about 3D printed meat? I mean, it blows my mind that you can 3D print anything, but... I am just so clueless when it comes to stuff like this. Like, I just can't, my my brain can't... understand what 3d printing is so in my head I just think it's going to be plastic but I know it's not I think it's made from like soy and uh, soy protein and pea protein and stuff I think so it's just like it mimics the The textures of meat yeah like the cell structures and stuff isn't it yeah it's what is mad and I think it's going to be in the UK in like what less than what we August now four months that's mad absolutely amazing would you eat it oh it's torn people and I I'd try it but I don't think I'd rely on it no you know what I mean yeah I guess it's still a processed product but yeah it I guess it's just taking because this isn't taking cells from animals is it it's still plant-based products oh yeah no use it it's just gonna be even more realistic yeah I think it's like the way that they've I don't know I don't even know (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what they've done (laughs) it's way over our heads but yeah go redefined meat thank you for um yeah just hopefully getting some more people on the plant-based wagon as it were well talking of uh plant-based meats this leads us nicely onto our review section this week we were kindly sent some samples of a revolutionary new pork called omni pork um the mince is available at ocado now for around four pound fifty and it's also available on the menu of the royal china club chinese restaurant on baker street in london they've got a huge sort of list um as part of their menu that uses omni porks which is pretty cool um so yeah what i mean what did you think of this the what the, the name did put me off because i just hate the word pork <laughs> yeah i know what you mean it's, it's quite it's on the nose isn't it yeah but i think what they sent it was amazing what they sent us we um i tried the strips and the mints and the little ready meal things that like with the different ways of using the mints and the strips and what was the other stuff is like lunch and yeah it was like a whole range of stuff and they sent us some yeah. meals sort of ready made up that were yeah. kind of inspired by um how you would use them you know to give you inspiration on how to use them um in your cooking and yeah I really realistic and really tasty actually it was um slightly salty but I guess like 
pork is salt, especially, is. you know, like bacon type style. Mm. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I didn't expect to, but I did like it. Yeah, I made a, so I did like a Sri Lankan style curry with the strips. I did. Ooh. Yeah, it was nice. It was like pork style and pineapple, which oh, was wow. lovely. That yeah, sounds nice. I, I've been wanting to try it for so long. And then when these strips came, I was like, well, I'm going to do it. And then yesterday I made mapo tofu with the mints. Right. Um, which is like, it's essentially pork mints in like a Szechuan style sauce and then um, silken tofu chopped up in it with rice. It's delicious. Okay. Where do you get these recipes from? Because you always sound like you're eating so many nice <laughs> dishes. Um, oh, I'm, I hate the word. I'm not a foodie, but I just love like I just love looking at foods and I love sort of like Asian style cooking. Um, love curries, love all that kind of stuff. So I just Google them all. Yeah. <laughs> I just Google them. <laughs> Good old Google. Yeah, I tend Google. to just like Google, you know, the ingredients I've got and vegan and it comes and I just look for the easiest recipe and then away. That is I go. such a good idea. I never do that. I always just ignore the things that I've got in my fridge and buy more (laughs) (laughs) such a wasteful person but I'm getting better I promise (laughs) yeah yeah I know I am as well um we were also sent just in time for your birthday some amazing cupcakes from Lola's Cupcakes they've just launched their cupcake boxes for UK-wide delivery and they kindly sent us a sample of their vegan box which contained two chocolate fudge two red velvet, one pistachio, one lemon and raspberry, and two passion fruit cupcakes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, happy birthday to me. Yes. Let's... <laughs> the passion fruit one was my favourite. I love passion fruit and cakes. It's delicious. I do um, too. Oh, my gosh. they. What did they do to that sponge? Because it was just the softest, moistest. Oh, I hate that one. But you know what I mean? <laughs> Pork and moist off our oh, words of today. So sorry, we'll have to put an explicit in the in the description. No, they were so light and fluffy, oh, and then the buttercream on top, and then mm. you had like, like you say, the passion fruit um, sort of pips. I suppose they're called seeds, aren't yeah. they? And the um, filling in the sponge as well. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot of different, lot of different elements to them. They were absolutely mm. delicious. And I think, like, for my birthday, I'd probably kind of put that on my birthday list instead of anyone having to, <laughs> instead of my poor mum having to try and make a vegan cake again. So <laughs> Just get me those. Just, I just want these. I just want them all to myself. Um, they're, oh. 20, they're £25.60 for eight cupcakes, um, and delivery starts at £4.50. So they're not, you know, they're not cheap, but they are really, really luxurious, aren't they? Like we said, you're it's just, a treat. Yeah. A real treat and really lovely for a birthday or something. Yeah. Um, and next up, Sweet Freedom. So mine hasn't arrived yet, but yours has, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I actually love this brand. I've been using it for quite a while. Um, they do a yeah. whole load of products, don't they? Like fruit syrups, coconut syrup, gingerbread, mm. chocolate syrup, chocolate spread. You can use them to like sweeten dishes in breakfast, smoothies, ice cream and on toast. And they're around sort of three pounds, three pound fifty, available everywhere, aren't they? Holland and Barrett, Sainsbury's, yeah. as the Tesco. Um, which ones did you try? Yes, yeah, so I got sent the chocolate spread, um, but it's like a squeezy one. Um, yeah, it was nice. So it says to use it in like hot chocolates and stuff, um, or to top pancakes with. And I topped it with pancakes. Oh, nice! 
pancakes with it. Um, it was delicious. And then yesterday I made a banana bread and I drizzled some of that on top. <gasps> oh, oh my God. It was wow. good. Oh, it I was good. To, I need to come over to your house. You need to feed me. <laughs> I will cook you dinner. Honestly, I am the mum. I cook everyone dinner. I love it. Do you? Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's so sweet. Well, I, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to come to Bristol at some point over the next few months. So I'll pop round and uh, oh, please do. Me. I want the Sri Lankan we'll do, curry thing with the pineapple in. and <laughs> We'll do a Simply Vegan special at Molly's house. That would be so cool. Yeah. And I can meet your cats. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, moving on. Lastly, um, as part of our news section, we always answer some reader questions. You can email us at, at simplyvegan at anthem.co.uk with your questions. This week we heard from Zia who uh, says she's a new vegan and she'd love some meal ideas, please. Well, you've obviously just shared some of yours, Molly. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else you've discovered lately? Um, do you know what? I think my advice to anyone is just keep it simple. Like, So there's loads of vegan stuff, that are ava- uh, processed stuff available now. And they're obviously, you know, handy and quick. But veg, fruit and veg is honestly, it's so versatile. And I know we, I feel like it's a recurring thing now, but it genuinely like surprises me so much. And I think, yeah, just stay, stick to the fruit and veg and just kind of discover from there, really. I mean, one good tip is to just start by recreating what you used to enjoy. So if you used to have spaghetti bolognese, um, try making creating mints but using plant-based ingredients so you could use walnuts you could use mushrooms um you could use lentils anything yeah, that's lentils kind of has, good yeah meaty texture and you can also like grate in extra veg as well so you could grate in some courgette or some carrot just to kind of yeah get those extra um nutrients in there um Egg, I mean, if you miss egg, tofu is brilliant for a replacement. Yeah. Or if you're baking, there's so many different things you can do. You can use like chia soaked in water, I think, which kind of expands, which is yeah. really clever. I think that's the same with flax seeds as well. And, flaxseeds. you know, not the healthiest, but you can, you know, I think cans of Sprite. I've never done this before, but this is like what's, what people have been saying. Sprite or Coke or like any sort of fizzy carbonated drink is an egg replacer I don't know but that's what they're saying oh wow so I guess that's to get the air into it I'd imagine mm, isn't I it? think so yeah to yeah. create like the bubbles and stuff yeah I'm really not a baker so you know no I'm, me neither <laughs> I'm more of a cupcake delivery girl <laughs> <laughs> Hint. Um, I'm trying to think what other meals I've had lately um I mean, chickpeas, you can do so much with chickpeas. Use your blender, just kind of chuck things in it to make some amazing pestos and sauces. Um, You know, get those herbs, get flavors in there. You really Mm want to, I mean, my spice cupboard has never seen so much action since I went vegan. It's just constantly on the go. This is the thing, isn't it? I think that like before when you eat meat or whatever, you, you get the flavor from everything else. And that's what you need to remember when you're, coming into a vegan diet it's just like don't be afraid of flavor just I throw in maybe a bit too much spices and herbs or whatever but it's nice yeah and the texture is the other thing that you need to think about so you know you don't want kind of um sort of mushy texture do you You know if you're cooking with tofu Mm. um make sure you're kind of crisping it up 
Um, so you've got the, the crunch um, that you yeah. might get from sort of crispy chicken or something like that. Um, so yeah. that's another good one to think about. Um, another question we had in was from Rachel, who said she's struggling with energy levels. What food should she eat to stop tiredness? Um, I have definitely noticed my energy levels improve, apart from today, that is, because I was at Camp Festival <laughs> yesterday. Um, I've definitely noticed my energy levels improve since giving up caffeine. Um, because mm. you're not kind of getting those spikes, are you? So you basically what you want to do is keep your energy levels as constant as possible, don't you? So anything that's going to give you an energy spike, such as processed sugar, processed foods, yeah. white, white carbs um, and caffeine are going to kind of send you up there. But then you're going to come down and then, Crashing. yeah, come crashing down. Um, so yeah, you want to kind of keep them consistent. You want sort of slow release carbs. So things like oats are really good. Yeah. Nuts, butters, um, complex, is it complex carbohydrates, isn't it? So yeah, I think so. Um, I'm really not an expert on stuff like this. I just kind of, I'm kind of going through the same process at the moment because I think I mentioned it a few last episode that I wasn't eating the greatest it was a lot of processed foods and I noticed that my energy levels were dipping yeah. and I just kind of switched more to like a whole food diet so I think yeah you know everything that you just listed is kind of whole foods isn't it yeah um, go for like brown basmati rice that's a good one yeah. or whole grain always go whole grain um and yeah just just st- stick on the plant-based wagon whole foods rather than the you know the processed vegan options out there yeah and that should help loads of water. It's so boring, but it really does make a difference. Like earlier on, I was just feeling so tired and my friend was like, just get loads of water down you. And actually I had a glass of water. <laughs> it did feel better. It's honestly, it's just the gift from God. I love it. Water <laughs> is my favorite thing in the whole world. I want water tattooed on me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love water. You heard it here first on the Simply Vegan I podcast. I love water. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. You know, you just need someone to constantly remind you, don't you? Um, go, Yeah, herbal teas are good. I have redbush tea. Um, because I don't really I'm not crazy about herbal teas. It doesn't feel like a yeah, me proper, neither. proper cup of tea. So I have red mm. bush, which is naturally caffeine free with some oat or soya milk. So yeah, I kind of like that first thing in the morning. And I it's I sort I think it's more of like a placebo effect because I can't wake up without having a cup of tea. But yeah. I've, swi- I've switched to red bush and it still wakes me up. I think it's just the fact you're having a drink. <laughs> I think it is. And it's just like that warmth. And it's like in your mind, you're thinking that it's the caffeine and whatever, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> well, just to finish off this episode, for anyone who's been listening for a while over the past sort of three seasons, um, our lovely Gabriella, who was um, hosting before molly has had a baby boy so that's really exciting congratulations oh that's so exciting yeah he's absolutely gorgeous and she had him at home because she's such a kind of yoga sort of Mm. guru and she's very holistic and very um you know uh not basically the opposite to me (laughs) she's very (laughs) very calm and um she did kind of all the hypnobirthing she had her first baby at home no pain relief or anything so go Gabriella you are you go girl literally amazing that's so exciting yeah so I'm really happy for her and we hope that you get on okay and uh, get enough sleep (laughs) (laughs) you need it 
Yeah. Well, next up, I'll be speaking to Romy London, who is a vegan recipe creator and a vegan photographer. She's a blogger. And um, she's sharing kind of like a day in the life of, you know, a vegan recipe developer and also some of her favorite meals, exciting new ways to cook. So, yeah, really good one if you're kind of lacking inspiration for cooking at home. Um, So, yeah, stay tuned. Hi, Romy. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast. Thanks for joining us today. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, yeah, I would say I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> did you know, like, I, I didn't grow up in the UK. So whenever somebody asks me, how are you doing? I actually respond and it throws people off completely. <laughs> oh, bless you. You start telling them about your uh, personal problems and things. And they're like, no, no, <laughs> no, I was just being polite. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's I don't know. It's so automatic when somebody asks. Only like five seconds later, I realise. Oh damn! I answered the question again. <laughs> so where did you grow up then? Um, I grew up on the Dutch-German-Belgian borders. So I've I have a German passport, but I've never felt particularly German just because my entire childhood I basically spend in like three different countries all the time. Right. Um. But yeah, I moved. I moved to England nine years ago now. Yeah. Long story short. <laughs> <laughs> At what point did you go vegan then? Um, that was in 2014. So that's over seven years ago now. And um, I went vegan literally from one day to the next, basically overnight. But it's like when I look back at it, it was actually like a longer process um, in my in my it was always in the back of my head already. And I've always idealized going vegan for yeah, I would say ethical reasons, but I think ethical reasons are just very per- personal. What somebody sees as ethical is, might not be the same for somebody else. But I um, had this experience when I was like 11 or 12 years old where I saw somebody kill a deer. And, you oh. know, when you're at that age, you kind of think like, oh, they brought a deer home. Oh, I want to see it. I want to see the cute deer. Yeah. And then I got to see how they cut it open and they like hung it up to bleed it out and oh, how they took no. the liver out. And then the next day we all had liver dumplings for lunch. And it, to this day, that kind of experience just made me like even just smelling this soup nowadays makes me sick to my stomach for days. Um, it was just one of those things where I, for the very first time, just made that connection. And then, you know, I would never eat that soup again or, you know, that animal again. But it still took a long time for me to properly, you know, click and make that connection for not just deer, but for yeah. other animals as well. So, um, I think in 2014, it just finally clicked when I realized what it actually is that I'm eating. And I was actually quite disgusted by it. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why I just personally, like for me, veganism and like me not eating animal products, I think it's mostly like a feeling of disgust. Like I don't want to eat it. That's that's mainly why it is. It's not like I'm not I'm, like I'm forcing myself not to eat it. It's more like I really don't want it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was the same, actually. And because it, it, it's also hidden, isn't it? You know, you you don't see what goes on. And obviously, you know, that insight into what actually does happen when an animal is killed and then prepared yeah. to be eaten, I guess, must have been quite a shock. It was just so distant from 
what actually happens behind the scenes because you know for us it's just oh you go to the supermarket or you go to the butcher and then you buy the products there and you don't actually get to make that connection of that that was a living being before I mean I don't know if you've watched Clarkson's Farm yet on Amazon Prime no but um we actually watched that last night and you can uh, spoiler alert um, you can see <laughs> you can see how his sheep get like little lambs and then at the end obviously the lambs get sold off for the meat and then you see like you know the meat yeah. in the box whereas half an hour before you went like oh look at those cute lambs yeah yeah so that's like I, I even said to my uh, to my fiance I was like yeah see like this is the kind of connection that you don't make when you go to a restaurant or when you go to the supermarket and you pick up like a plastic wrapped chicken, whatever, you know, you don't make that connection. So No, no I, I honestly think that very few people would actually eat meat if it was, you know. Yeah, if you had to make that connection. I mean, yeah. it's, some, it's something different when you're in a piece, uh, in like a part of the world where you have to rely on animal resources to survive because, you know, there's not much growing there, et cetera, et cetera. So it's different when you have to, in order yeah. to survive. Whereas nowadays, like, I mean, I don't need to eat animal products to survive. So I'm absolutely fine the way I am now. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you're a recipe developer, aren't you? And yes. a, a sort of a food photographer um, and obviously a vegan blogger. Have you always had a passion for food or did this sort of come later? Um, I would say no, because <laughs> as a as a kid, my mom is meticulously clean. So whenever I even attempted to do anything in the kitchen, you know, she would find fingerprints and she would be like, oh, what have you been doing here again? So, you know, growing up, I never really had that space and that freedom to kind of experiment with food. I've always been creative in like different ways. Like I, I drew a lot when I was little. And then I think when I was in my early teens, I just started songwriting and stuff like this. Yeah. Um, and making up my own songs on the keyboard. So I've always been creative, but it never, that creativity never went into the kitchen, probably mostly due to external factors. Um, But when I went vegan, it kind of forced me, I mean, it was 2014 back then. So there were some options out there. It was probably easier than it was, I don't know, back in the eighties or so, but still there wasn't much. And it kind of forced me to learn so much about what is actually in the food that I'm eating and also, yeah, kind of brought me to experiment of, oh, what can I make? You know, what can I prepare for my work lunch? And what can I have for dinner? And what can I have for breakfast? And I then realized how creative that all actually is. Yeah. And that's kind of like what made me fall in love with that whole process of experimenting and trying new things and trying different dishes. And I always say this, but going vegan has actually made me eat such a bigger variety than I've ever eaten before. Because it just really opened my eyes to so many other ingredients and cuisines that are out there that I've never really looked at before. So Yeah, what you're saying really rings true with me, actually. It's like a whole new world, isn't it? And It really and is. I think a lot of people see veganism as very restricted. You know, you take away all these things. What are you left with? But actually, it's like opening a door to a whole new kind of exciting way of eating and different ingredients and, you know, um, like you say, experimenting with cooking in different ways. So. Um, so what, what's what's sort of an average day like for you then as a recipe developer? Um, I have to say, no, two days are ever the same, but that's probably a very cliche thing that people say nowadays that work <laughs> freelance. Um, I usually, 
Well, I kind of break up my weeks into different things I do on different days. Like Mondays are usually my kind of admin and catch up days because I know there's usually something left, you know, from the week before that hasn't been done. And I kind of need to pre-plan my week a little bit. Um, And then I usually from Tuesday to like Friday do like different projects either for myself and for my blog or for clients. So I I both do like recipe development and photography for my own blog, but I also do that for clients. So uh, everything vegan, of course. But yeah, that's basically how I break up my work. So how my day looks like kind of depends on what day of the week it is. But <laughs> I, um, yeah, a typical day. I think I think in the morning I usually I'm 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 an early early ish riser. I would say. It's, I'm not like crazy like 5 a.m. That's like too early for me. Yeah, I get up at around 7. But I always like I need some quiet and alone time in the morning. I'll happily work later in the evening. But I need some quiet time in the morning to relax and not feel like I'm, you know, hitting the ground running with my work day. Yeah. So usually <laughs> it's it's probably not a very good thing to do. But I usually spend like an hour in the morning just lying in bed and just checking my emails and just yeah, scrolling through just, social yeah and just kind of you know feel a little bit entertained but what other yeah. people post. Um, <laughs> yeah I usually have breakfast um usually usually sometimes it's just coffee <laughs> depending on how much I ate for dinner the night before um, and then yeah I usually just get on my laptop and just like pre-plan my stuff and then start cooking start photographing or start heading to the shops to get ingredients to cook and photograph um so yeah I, I do have some very late evenings often though because I I really realize the older I get the less I like rushing in my work in order to be like creative and to create good quality it kind of just takes time and rushing just doesn't doesn't work like that so I often just take my time when I create things and just focus on creating good quality content so where do you get your inspiration from? So, you know, if you're going to create a new recipe for your blog, for example, where do you start? Well, there's lots of different places. Um, I mean, obviously, on the one hand, consuming content that other people post kind of triggers a little bit of that, you know, get some ideas. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's a mix of like, oh, you know, somebody's like made these blah, blah, blah on TikTok and that's currently going viral. Maybe I should, you know hop on that trend and create a little something something like this with a little bit of a twist to make it my own. Um, so that's obviously one thing that you can do. But I also like to, funnily enough, I've been doing that this morning. I've been pre-planning for Halloween. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, no. <laughs> um, so sometimes I, I just see what kind of ideas come up, either to do with a specific season or with a specific ingredient. And I love doing these brainstorming sessions. I usually write down like a hundred different things. And I know at the end, I'll only manage to do 10 of them. But still, you know, there's more ideas coming than what I could actually do. Yeah. Um, what I've started focusing on a little bit more this year, though, is actually to do some keyword research to kind of see, okay, what are people actually people actually looking for on the internet? Like what are people actually searching for? And then trying to create the recipes that people actually search for. So that kind of takes part of the thinking and coming up with something process away from me, but um, makes it easier for me to know what is worth working on that actually gets people to find the recipes on my website. So So what are people searching for? What do 
you know, what do people want in terms of vegan food? Um, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I always like I make massive lists of everything that I find that might be worth creating. And a lot of the things are very dependent on um, on current trends or the seasonality of it. I mean, if you have a food blog or if you are on Pinterest, like those are the two things where you kind of have to work a long time in advance because yeah. it takes Google and Pinterest such a long time to know how to properly categorize what you have posted there to then push it out to people at the right point. So usually you kind of have to work five to six months in advance, which is crazy. Like I know lots of people that have just finished their Christmas recipes and it, it's you know it's the middle of summer so yeah it's so it, depressing I always get the uh, Christmas in July press releases and I'm like <laughs> I literally have just got into summer now I do not want to think about winter again <laughs> exactly like it's crazy when you work in this field because you know things like TikTok and Instagram and YouTube they are different where you go with the season whereas on other items you kind of have to work so far in advance it's it's a bit of a logistical nightmare when you do more than one platform yeah um but yeah to get back to your question um a lot of people have in recent months kind of searched for lots of things that have been trending on TikTok um okay. which is understandable because TikTok just really exploded in the last two years yeah. So there's lots of things coming at the moment, like vegan French toast and vegan cookie dough. And obviously, as a summer, lots of people look for ice cream yeah. <laughs> or cookie dough ice cream. So kind of like combining. Like yeah. Something. Or do you remember when the feta pasta was just like a really big thing online? Everybody yeah. made this baked feta <laughs> pasta and then made ve- vegan versions of it, including me. And um, lots of people look for those kinds of things as well. So that's a good place to go okay. to go from. I need to um, I need to explore TikTok a bit more, I think, because my daughter <laughs> my daughter uses it a lot. But yeah, it's not something a sort of forty somethings. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel you. It's taken me a while to kind of get into it as well. I had an account for ages, you know, like literally years ago when the app first started, and then I've never used it because I yeah. just it just seemed to be all about dancing. Yeah. But there's so many different niches on it. Like now when I look into my account, I don't even get to see a single dance video because TikTok okay. has realized that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's lots and lots of food content out there. And I kind of love that short, short form video. It's not so much about being instructional. It's more about being inspirational. Yeah. To, you know, inspire somebody, I don't know, to make a dish or to try a new technique or something like this. And yeah, it's just like a nice way to get some entertainment in your brain in a morning yeah. basically at least for me that sounds brilliant because I think sometimes you you just need an idea don't you? you kind of get to I don't know about other you know people perhaps our listeners would disagree but I kind of get to four o'clock and go oh dinner right uh what am I going to cook <laughs> and then just kind of look in the fridge and and sometimes you'll you know you're feeling the right mood for it and you'll get the inspiration you need just from the ingredients you've got but other times you're like I literally have nothing. I don't know what to cook. I just, <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's just getting those quick ideas and then sort of throwing it all together. Exactly. Um, so what is, tell us about a few of your favorite meals then. What what kind of food do you like to cook the most? Um, I think what I like to cook is very, you know, varied. It's not like, you know, I'm just the person that just cooks a lot with like, I don't know, chocolate or bakes a lot or just makes savory dinner dishes. I don't know. I like to create a little bit of everything 
I know I had a phase where I was creating so many different breakfast recipes. <laughs> um, I also, I really like to cook roast dinners, um, which is really exciting. I think it's just one of those really wonderful types of vegan foods where you can yeah. just go all out with. What kind um, of things do you include in your roast dinners? Uh, Yorkshire pudding <laughs> yeah. and roast potatoes, of course. Like those are the two basics that always have to be yeah. there. Do you get um, them for rice, the Yorkshire's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, not I've, there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've done like um, a massive like experiment series on my Instagram stories last summer when I was trying to nail Yorkshire pudding. So I think I did about like 16 or 17 different recipes in the end. Wow. Until I, you know what my problem was? I, I always wondered how people get them in that shape that they are risen on the sides and yeah. have a hole in the middle until yeah. I realized that's just chemically how the egg works in it. And it's just not something that'll be that extreme as it is in non-vegan Yorkshire puddings with vegan ingredients yeah um but no I, I do get them to rice they they work out quite well I think I've nailed that recipe by now luckily um but yeah like apart from that I mean it always needs a good gravy and then um I usually just yeah just add some vegetables like roasted vegetables whatever is in the fridge if if I'm if I want to be quick and not you know spend too much time on each individual item um, I really like uh, seitan, but I also really like nut roasts. So that's usually what my my mains are on yeah. the roast dinner. Yum. Do you make seitan yeah. yourself? Yeah, I do from scratch. It's, it's, actually, <laughs> it's actually quite easy, isn't it? Cause I, it is. I, it just takes time. It's kind of like breaking, breaking, <laughs> baking bread. Yeah. <laughs> Not breaking bed. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's very similar to that because uh, you can make it really quick and easy, but if you want to get like a really good texture and a really good flavor to it, it takes time because it needs to rest in between the different stages if, if you make it from scratch. Um, I love doing those things. I, I mean, I work from home, so, you know, it's no problem for me to rest something in the fridge for like two hours and then add another thing to it and then rest it again. It's not a massive, not a massive issue, but... Yeah. I also understand if somebody like works full time out of the house and wants to create something like that, it's a bit, bit of a time investment. Yeah. Okay. That's a good tip. I, I've got sort of a quick and easy recipe, but I feel like I need to sort of take it to the next level now and experiment a bit more with yeah. it. I mean, Satan can be a bit, I don't want to say complicated, but it can be very, you could do so many different things with it in terms of flavoring and texture that it can be a bit overwhelming when you start it and you don't know what you're going to try first. But yeah, it's an exciting sort of ingredient, isn't it? Like you say, it really is. Lots of options there. <laughs> as long as you're not gluten intolerant. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so what about tofu? I know you've got like a free tofu ebook, yes. haven't you, on your website? Romylondon.com? Yeah. Romylondonuk.com. Uh, UK.com. <laughs> um, so Just needed yeah. to clarify the country, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the cool things you do with tofu, tofu then? Um, I love cooking with tofu. I always find it really, yeah, funny. But I, I probably have been there at some point in my, you know, journey as well, where I didn't know how to cook with tofu because it's one of the things you see in like vegan recipe groups on Facebook or in general. You know, whenever I speak with non-vegan friends, so many people always say like, "Oh, I don't know how to, you know, well, tofu. I don't know. I just can't make it taste good." Yeah, it's just really bland, isn't it? It's like, well, yeah, if you don't add anything to it. Then yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It will be bland. Um, <laughs> I love making um, like a tofu katsu. That's actually in my ebook as well. Um, creates a really, really nice crunchy texture around the tofu that works really well. 
Um, but I also love um, making like a simple sticky tofu. And I've got different recipes for that. Some are on my blog and some are in my ebook as well. Um, you basically just, you break up the tofu. Um, I like to usually do that by hand just so that the pieces are not so equally you know, rectangular, but they yeah. have a little bit of a rougher shape. It makes it more interesting to eat. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. And then coating it in corn flour and frying it in a bit of oil first so that it becomes crispy. Yeah. And I think that's one of the best ways to prepare tofu if you want like a quick and easy tofu recipe. Just coating it in corn flour, frying it, and then adding a sauce to it. So that okay. I usually add um, something like maple syrup to my sauces just to kind of caramelize it a little bit more. And then stir a little bit of corn flour into the sauce so it becomes really thick and sticky in the pan. And then you can do like so many different things with it. Okay. Well, that sounds really tasty. And it's really fast. You can literally get that done within 20 minutes. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's my kind of cooking. <laughs> nice and quick. <laughs> Job done. Uh, I'm, I'm yet to get my nine-year-old to eat uh, and enjoy tofu. So yeah, I think I need to uh, keep experimenting there level it up <laughs> yeah level it up so I mean how do you ensure your meals are sort of nutritionally balanced um I mean the in the recipes that I share on my blog I'm usually focusing on the taste factor so I'm not obviously I'm not like a nutritionist or a dietitian or anybody so I don't I don't give any advice on on that kind of field but for me personally for what I you know personally eat I always try to include different types of food in a meal rather than you know, just pasta and just red tomato sauce. Yeah. Doesn't really feel very balanced if it's just those like two things combined. Yeah. So I try to combine different things or try to sneak like an extra ingredient in somewhere, whether that's a vegetable or something like this, or a spice or some herbs or something like this. So that's usually how I how I try to, you know, balance it. And also trying to eat very varied. So I usually don't eat the same thing two days in a row. Yeah. Um, I, I I mix things up basically, but it also helps me that my fiance is a big eater. So if I've cooked too much of one item, he'll happily finish that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to eat it for three days. In a row. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. That's usually how I, how I try to make it, but you know, I mean the perfect diet doesn't exist. So yeah, nobody good. will, you know, have the perfect amount of everything that they need. And it's so individual as well. I mean, the most important thing for me is that the food tastes good. So yeah. that, you know, I want to eat it and I'm not, you know, forcing something into my body that I don't like feel like I agree with. Yeah. That's yeah. It's a really good tip actually. I think it's, yeah. Just keeping it varied, mixing it up as often as possible. Exactly. Um, what tips would you give to anyone wanting to be a bit more inventive with their vegan cooking? Yeah. Um, I think one thing that really made me a little bit more creative and go out of my comfort zone with my cooking is to focus on one ingredient um, and then kind of go from there. So that could be, for example, I don't know, let's say you've never cooked with sweet before and you just bought a sweet in the supermarket. <laughs> and yeah, I like to do stuff like this, just buying a new ingredient that I'm not familiar with, you know, that I don't really know how to cook or what to make with it. And then I often start, you know, just looking on Pinterest. I was like, okay, what could I make with this ingredient and have an idea? It's like, oh, people make soup with it. Oh, people have roasted this. And then, oh, maybe I could, you know, oh, maybe I could make a soup and then I could combine it with like different flavors and maybe I put ginger in it. That's usually how, how it starts for me to become a little bit more creative and get out of the, the comfort zone. Like I feel lots of people have this kind of comfort zone of like 10, 20 recipes that they 
always make because it's what they know how to make. Yeah. Um, and I think if you want to try and do something new, it can be a bit overwhelming if there are too many different ingredients and options out there. So it's good to focus on one kind of hero ingredient and then, you know, take it from there and then figure out, oh, what can I make with this? Okay, I want to make I want to make a soup. And I'm like, what other ingredients do I need in order to make that happen? And then kind of go from there. Um, I've spoken on the podcast before about the uh, Riverford veg box I get every week. And I find yeah. that's brilliant for that because like you'll get turnips and oh, yeah. I'll literally be like, I don't think I've ever eaten turnip in my life. <laughs> I don't know why I just haven't. Um, so yeah, like you say, you just start Googling it and they're like, all oh, right, okay. You can roast them as part of your roast dinner or use them in place of potatoes. And yeah, before you know it, you've just, um, got a whole new ingredient that you're cooking with. Um, those veg and fruit boxes are really, really good in order to kind of kind of force yourself almost to go out of your comfort zone and try something new and figure something out. They're really, really good. I had um I had a veg box like that last year as well, you know, during during the first lockdown when yeah. you couldn't get any veg in the supermarket. Um no that's it kind of like gets you out of your comfort zone to create something new and to figure it out basically. Yeah. Well, finally, you're working on your first cookbook, aren't you? How does that work? I thought, you know, I'm always been quite interested. Do you kind of pitch it to the publishers? And then, and you know, where do you start? Um, I think, I think probably the way how I got into this whole book writing thing is probably not the most conventional way. Because I've, I've gone to talks before where people talk about, oh, how, you know, how do you get to one day do your own cookbook and how you need to work on it and how to pitch to publishers. Um, I was actually quite lucky that a publisher contacted me. So I can't really say much about how to best pitch a publisher because I've never had to do it. Um, But yeah, I was quite lucky that this US publisher reached out to me almost a year ago now. um, And they were really keen to to publish a book with me. They only do cookbooks. Well, primarily cookbooks they, that's like their big focus and they've got lots of vegan and vegetarian books already as well um and then we basically just brainstormed some ideas of what could the book be about um they usually like this particular publisher they do themed books so it's not like the book is about me as a creator it's about the topic that I'm creating and I just happen to be the person creating that topic yeah um so my book's all going to be about vegan roast dinners which oh is lovely so all of those like typical, like what in the UK we see as like, you know, the typical festive Sunday meal or um, people in the US would probably see as like the fe- a really festive meal to have on Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter or 4th of July or whatever other um, celebrations they want to they wanna create. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like why I've been creating so many roast dinners in the past year, <laughs> testing out recipes. <laughs> You're going to be sick of them. You'll be like, no, no more roast dinners. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I've actually, since I, I, I finished my recipe testing now, um, about two, two and a half months ago. And I actually, you know, I got to that point. I'm just like, I just don't want to eat any roast dinners for like, for like a couple of months now. <laughs> yeah. kind of, when you cook that every single day, you know, during the week as well. Oh my God. <laughs> it gets to that point when you feel like, like well, I'm eating this roast dinner. Yeah. <laughs> So you kind of come up with the ideas and then you sort of experiment, test them out, and then presumably you're photographing the finished sort of Yeah, so or... um, in my case, I photographed and tested and wrote all of the recipes. 
um they like publishers in general also work with chefs that are not photographers yeah so I just happen to be able to do both um but when they work with somebody who's just a chef and a food writer but not a photographer they kind of split it up and then book the a, a different photographer to recreate and style and photograph the dishes now in my case as I did both which was really handy and also I work from home and I've got like my my little home studio right next to my kitchen so yeah it was I think it's probably the best case scenario to to do to do both because you know once I've finished a dish and it looks good and it turns out well I can instantly just pop over and just take some photos of it yeah um so that worked quite well for me I mean what we did when we started the whole process is that I had to come up with some example ideas of what I feel the recipes in the book could be so I basically just wrote like a table of contents of how I would imagine the book to be broken up into different chapters and what kind of recipes I would imagine and even in every chapter, but nothing was set in stone. You know, they also said, you know, it's just so we get an idea of the feel for how you imagine the book to be and what kind of recipes should be in there. Um, and then I had to send them a couple of test recipes within the topic of vegan roast so that they could cook some of my recipes to make sure that the recipes I create actually do work. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we just agreed like a timeline from there of like when I would be able to finish my manuscript. So, you know, the manuscript is basically everything that is the text in the book. Um, and yeah, then I tested recipes. I had, I had four months from when I started testing to when I had to hand off my manuscript. Okay. So, yeah, I had to really time manage. <laughs> yeah, sounds quite. Yeah, it's usually so I get everything done. Yeah. Do you feel that um, sort of encouraging or inspiring people to get creative with their cooking using plants is kind of a form of activism? Oh, I definitely think it is. I mean, you know, there's people have different ideas of what activism means or what it doesn't mean. But I feel, you know, even from a psychological perspective, there are so many people out there. If you shove an idea in their faces, they will be completely defensive about it and not even want to take it on. Mm. Whereas if you just go and lead by example and just show them how easy it can be without, you know, shoving it in their faces, I kind of feel it, it can create, you know, change in a lot of people that, you know, may have otherwise, you know, never wanted to make that change. Yeah. So I've already had so many people, you know, people that I've worked with like years ago that I never thought would go vegan or that were just, you know, just making vegan jokes about it back in the day have now gone vegan themselves. Yeah. And or people that I used to say like, oh, I don't think I could ever do that. And yeah. And now, you know, slowly they're just like going vegan one after another or just even just telling me, you know, they're reducing uh, they're not eating meat anymore. They've stopped having dairy and they're reducing everything else as well. So it's just kind of great to to see that, you know, by being kind to other people and, you know, accepting that they are not at the same point where I am just kind of makes them, yeah, wanting to to do what you do as well at some point. So it's it's just really great to see. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for inspiring everyone and <laughs> hopefully <laughs> turning a few more people vegan. When Thanks can we um, expect to see your cookbook out? Um, it's currently due to come out in early 2022. Um, I was hoping it would come out before Christmas, but because the book publisher, you know, they have a lot of other books that need to go live as well. And they kind of need to schedule everything months in advance. Um, at the moment, it's scheduled for the 8th of March 2022, but that might still move forward or a couple of weeks backwards. 
depending on you know how we get on along the way if there's any delays or anything like this or maybe some things happen quicker than we expect them to yeah. you never know so it's just a rough date at the moment yeah um and the book will be available worldwide um I'm, I'm not sure which stores are going to stock it yet I think I'll probably have a more of an idea about that when it comes to the uh publication date but it'll definitely be worldwide on Amazon fantastic so that's one place where people can definitely get it okay well, I'm really looking forward to seeing that and hopefully get those uh Yorkshire puddings to rise at last <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're in the book as well actually <laughs> brilliant oh thanks so much Romy thanks so much for having me Holly Well, that brings us to the end of the first episode of Series 4. Thanks so much for listening. Please do drop us a review on your platform of choice. Follow us on Instagram at Simply Vegan Podcast and at Vegan Food and Living. Please do join us next week when I'll be speaking to a former pig vet who gives us some interesting insights into factory farming, antibiotic use and the campaign Scrap Factory Farming. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.